You're listening to Coach Talk, a podcast about coaching for improvement in health and social care. Here you will meet several international experts and coaches to discuss challenges, opportunities, models and tools that might be useful when you coach others to make improvements. Hello again, all our listeners all over the world. Um, today it's bright sunny weather, but it is a bit cold and we are in Sweden in Jönköping. And my guest is coming from overseas. My guest is from Boston and her name is Galina. My name is Nicolina Wackerberg and I am a development leader at Kulturen. Galina, nice to see you again. Who are you? Hi Nicolene, so wonderful to see you again. My name is Galina Geichman and I'm a fourth year medical student in the US. I'm studying at Harvard Medical School in Boston, and it's my final year. Um, and I had the pleasure of meeting Nicolene about four years ago when I was in Yon Shopping uh, for the first time, here for a summer research fellowship to learn more about involving patients and their families in healthcare improvement. Um, that's really where my journey in co-production began. So it's amazing to be back now. Yeah, very welcome back. Very nice. and. Also very curious about what happened. Uh, you've you've been here for last for four years ago, and now you're here again. And I know your interest in co-production. So if you compare with what did you know for four years ago, and uh, what happened, and, and what do you know now about co-production, and maybe you have some ideas. How could we use that in coaching? Wonderful. That's uh, a it's a good question to to reflect on what's changed and in the last several years. I, I think when I initially came to Yonchoping, I knew I had an interest in quality improvement, broadly speaking, but I wasn't quite sure really what that meant, what that looked like, how that could apply in healthcare. And my that summer was really an immersion for me. It was just a chance to dive right in really deep and to kind of see what was being done in Yonshoping and Esho and the Esther project with other work that was happening and really get a new perspective on what improving healthcare meant. I think I came in with the question of what is quality and how do we know? And I realized that it's quality is not defined by what we as providers say it is um, or even necessarily the things we're currently measuring. Um, it's defined by the person who is receiving and sharing in our care, just co-producing that care. And I left Sweden with that message and it has infiltrated every single thing I've done ever since. It, it was kind of like you put on a set of glasses, a set of lenses, and you, you can't take them off. And so when I returned to Boston, I had what I like to joke um, was like reverse culture shock <laughs> because I had just finished my first year and was entering my second and third year of medical school and, and in the US system, that's the year where you go into the clinical wards and you start to work directly and deeply with patients. And there was so much that we were doing um, that felt very wrong after what I had seen in Yonshoping. We were not giving patients a voice. We were not interested in you know, what role they had to play in their own care. We were not focusing on person-centeredness, um, even patient-centeredness. We weren't you know, even using the word of person. And it was hard for me to face that, but I kind of had this 
having had this positive experience in shipping, it led me to search for others in Boston who were doing this work. It led me to find individuals like uh, Marm Batalden, who's a leader in this field, who, who does her work in Boston. And just continue this conversation of, you know, how could what I see, what I saw possible in a different region be implemented and adapted in, in the local context. And I have to say things have changed in, in these years. It's really wonderful that when I first came back, people didn't even know what the word co-production was. And now, four or five years later, there's others who are having this conversation. There's um, new work being done with involving patients and families in quality improvement and lots of interest around changing quality metrics from just clinical outcomes to thinking about the experience of uh, patients when they come to a hospital, come to a clinic, thinking about the experience of individuals living in the community and really trying to think more broadly about the question of what is quality, but most importantly, who decides what mm -hmm. is quality. Who defines who yes. defines yeah. um, what it is? Mm. Nice, but you are also a student, and um, how does this uh, how does this influence your life as a student? You know, that's, that's a great question. There's actually um, there's two things that come to mind that are very related to how this has influenced uh, how co-production has influenced my experience and work as a student. Um, and the first is that I actually. It's essentially started to think about the context of co-production within edu medical education. And at the time that I came back from Sweden, my medical school underwent a very significant curriculum change. So they shifted a lot of the way that we designed the delivery of our medical education. And one of the biggest changes was because so many things were happening at once, they really wanted to get student feedback. And what started with kind of more informal feedback mechanisms where something would you know we'd have a session and they'd hear back from us how it went shifted to this very deliberate involvement of students at every level of the curriculum involvement in different class structure involvement in uh, what courses we should have and feedback at every different level and i started to realize that what we were doing was co-production it was between faculty and students it was an opportunity for us as the end users, uh, to use that term, of, of some kind of developmental process to be part of the process that would actually lead to those outcomes. And it was fascinating to see how different medical education could look when students were involved. And it was very parallel to what I'd seen where within healthcare, you know, we're often surprised how different healthcare our processes and our uh, outcomes might look if we involve individuals who are going to be the users of that from the beginning. So it kind of crept up on me, mm. but I started realizing that there was a lot of parallels to these two sort of aspects that it, I, of my life. One, the quality work within healthcare, and the other, the ability to co-produce as a student with faculty within medical education. And then I'll just say the second thing that this relates to is really this brought up the question to me of how do we train medical students essentially as people who are going to emerge from this from our four years of training as physicians capable of co-production yeah, yeah. you know i kind of bridge the two interests together of quality and medical education and think if we're going to design medical education to have achieve a certain process uh, achieve a certain outcome what would it take to design a system of training at which 
at the end of which students emerge as not only competent clinicians, but really individuals ready to coach and to co-produce with patients. Do we have an answer for that? <laughs> <laughs> Do I? No, no. I think uh, I think I'll, I'll need to co-produce that answer yeah, with yeah, yeah. with many people. Uh, and I, I think we're we're talking. We're starting to talk about it. We're starting to introduce quality improvement training within mm -hmm. medical schools. We're trying to get uh, patients to come in and give patient clinics so that even as we're learning about you know cardiovascular disease we're actually hearing from stories and not just from our textbooks so i think it's starting to make an impact within medical education okay you are bringing in a new perspective it's co-production uh, in the medical uh, education and i was thinking um, when we're talking about co-production in healthcare i always get that oh but how could you find patients so my question is was it difficult to get students involved in this or were the students very keen to be a part of it? That's a good question. And I think that it, there's been an evolution, which I know is similar to uh, the work with Esther, where I think that there's often going to be a couple early adopters. So a couple mm -hmm. students, perhaps myself and others who have an interest in medical education, or maybe who just happened to be tapped on the shoulder to, to give some feedback because it was something required. But then I think that you have this sh gradual shift where students start to recognize and feel empowered to have a voice. Students who maybe didn't know that their opinion mattered or didn't know that they might have something valuable to contribute simply from being a student, simply from being from their own lived experience. Mm -hmm. And I've definitely seen this shift where at first it was sort of maybe people who are much more comfortable at baseline speaking up, who were able to give feedback or who volunteered. And increasingly, what happened was when students saw, when other students saw that the student voice actually had an impact, that it changed the way decisions were made, it changed the way that the, the out, final outcome looked, they started to then gain uh, sort of, they gained confidence that their opinion mattered and that they could contribute. I think we also designed a a sort of a double structure there's formal feedback and then there's informal and so the formal idea is it's actually baked into the culture it's there's every single class has an educational representative who gives feedback and there's a standard approach where we get feedback at the middle of the course at the end of the course and then there's more informal mechanisms of students who might have a declared interest so for example i've been a little bit of like the squeaky wheel on quality improvement within our curriculum and always trying to ask for more opportunities and so now that a course is being developed i'm involved in that process and there's similar where students might have a particular interest in say um, obstetrician gynecology and so they're part of that interest group or um, and the, it's been so cool to see the response of the faculty and the openness of the faculty now they <laughs> i was talking to one faculty member who said you know we just had a meeting and we were in there for 20 minutes thinking you know talking about what the students would think and whether and and one of us just looked around and he said Go Where's the students? Yeah, yeah let's go, go ask them. Why aren't they at the table? And that culture shift has occurred in both the students and the faculty as we've worked together mm -hmm. to the point now that almost every committee that's established has a student representative. Mm. Um, committees are always looking for feedback. And within our medical education academy, which is sort of the, the gathering place and, and the support for medical education reform, uh, we now have student members. And so we're, we're officially part of this network and, and we're very much seen as 
not just students who you know they could come to but really as colleagues who will grow into this position that, that sounds wonderful but it also sounds like that it went very quickly that you started and you had some early adopters but then it really emerged to be quite big and you said something before you said when we realized that our voice mattered then then there were all the others so i was thinking how can we in health and social care show that the voice of the patient or the client that it's important so that also they themselves make five steps forward and say hey here we are we have valuable contributions do you have any ideas about that how, how can we show that their voice is important because maybe that's that's a missing link maybe maybe we we, we, if we invite them in our groups well, i'm not sure that they're really get the feeling I can and my voice is important. Do you have some thoughts about that? That's a good question. And I think it's it's one, it's a very challenging struggle. I think, I think, and, and I'll, I'll say that I'm, I'm the first to admit that I'm not the expert on co-production. And so uh, right here, you know, we're just, we're just having, like you said, a conversation, having ideas. I, I think the first thing really is just, asking mm -hmm. you know we worry a lot about how do we do this right how do we make sure we're representing the right patients how do we make sure we're being respectful and we need to worry about those things and be mindful and constantly self-evaluate and self-reflect but we can't let that stop us from kind of taking that first step and and trying it out and doing a you know an improvement cycle on it and so i think just asking continuing to ask and giving opportunities for lots of different people to be involved but more so than asking i think really listening i think sometimes we ask and we stop there yeah we don't really listen and what i mean by that is you know try to reflect what you hear try to engage with what you hear and try to propose solutions based on what you hear try to involve people early enough that they're, they're, what they say actually might change the decision, the course mm -hmm. of the decision. You know, that's a risk that many people aren't willing to take. And so by showing vulnerability and showing risk, you invite someone to build that trust with you. I think the other important thing is kind of more longitudinal engagement or longitudinal relationships. So if a faculty member has asked me for my thoughts, it's nice to then for them to come back to me and say here's the changes that we made in fact maybe a year later here's the changes that we made and here's the new evaluations of the students mm -hmm. who now think it's great or here's the other things we're still working on and to have that kind of um, accountability in place yeah feedback and the feedback yeah, yeah. and i think what's challenging in healthcare perhaps is that maybe the time course over which changes occur uh, are, are long for big projects. But even for smaller projects, you know, saying in the interim, like, you know, we haven't implemented, but here's the plan and look, this third bullet, it relates to what you said, and here's what we're going to try to do. Um, sort of showing that outcome. I heard when I was in Yonshipping, actually, one of the people I spoke with said that they have a little whiteboard in their clinic and they write on the whiteboard changes we've made from your feedback. And it's a way for them to signal, one, that, you know, we want your suggestions, but two, that we've made changes because of your suggestions. And I think that although it's nice as someone, as an individual who gives feedback to then get it back, it's also by, you could also do it sort of, you know, vicariously by like 
looking at someone else had that experience. And so even seeing a board that says, we want your suggestions because here's what we did, invites me as someone who hasn't maybe given suggestions before to, to maybe make a suggestion, to believe that a change would happen. I think often we, we disempower our patients um, even in how they are as individuals and taking care of their health. And so when we engage them in this way, we empower them. And what I've found most fascinating, just to link this back to why co-production matters so much, is that, you know, what many people said, I've seen people who've been engaged start contributing to improvement work, but I've also seen them start to advocate for themselves in clinic. And I've also seen them start to take care of their own health. And their own wellness and i think that idea of just you matter as an individual for so many reasons um, is really the heart and the core of co-production and that's i think what we are trying to aim at when we involve people say you know i'm not i'm not i'm just involving you because you're a student and i'm not just involving you because you're a patient although those are things you bring to the table but i'm also involving you as a person who's and i'm committed to to your development and committed to improving things for you and when you're invited in that circumstance, it's really an honor and a privilege to be involved. And I think when both sides bring gratitude and humility, then you know, great things can happen. I think it will also bring um, uh, joy in work. I think it will, uh, yeah, it will give uh, some more depth in, in, in it. Galina, uh, the time is going. Uh, wonderful talking to you. And I'm so happy that you also said uh, your friend Maureen Batalden is there in Boston. So I want to ask you, you want to do an interview with Maureen so that we can follow up the co-production next time, maybe, or, or in the spring. I'd love to do that. I'll uh, I'll definitely ask her, and it would be like it would be a pleasure to speak with her and really talk to the expert about what she thinks on these challenging questions you asked me. Yeah, so this is a wonderful promise to our, all our listeners. The next time, or maybe not the next time, but anyhow, in the spring we will have an interview of Galina and Maureen Batalden. So I hope that you will st um, continue listening to us and um, see you later. Thank you for this time. Bye bye. This podcast is made by Kulturum Design and Learning Center in Sweden.